Ever since the death of Pride, despite the fact that Strike Force deserves way more credit for their talent pool than they received at the time, the UFC has been perceived to be the place for the highest level of mixed martial arts, and rightfully so. It is the top tier. Sure, there are talents from other organizations that could rival them, but the sheer volume of elite-level fighters puts the UFC miles ahead of any other organization still in 2021. That said, with former Bellator champion Michael Chandler making a big splash in his recent debut at UFC 257, Eminem making his highly anticipated move to the promotion from Ryzen's title picture, it got me wondering just how good are the best of the best from other organizations? How have these champions who made the jump to the UFC fared in comparison to the rest of the field? I feel a statistical analysis coming on. Let's look at some numbers, shall we? I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and what I want to know is simple. How successful are other promotions champions in the UFC? In order to find out historically how well these fighters have done, I decided to pull 57 champions from the top 7 global organizations fans look at as having the elite talent capable of competing at the UFC's highest levels. Pride, Strikeforce, Bellator, the WEC, One, Ryzen, and the once World Series of Fighting. Now we can debate the merits of promotions that should be included or that need to be omitted, but for the sake of our analysis, I think most fans would agree that the vast majority of significant championships outside the UFC are represented in those seven brands. In order to determine how well these champions who moved over to the UFC fared, I need something to compare them to, and so in addition to those 57 fighters, I analyzed two other groups for a total of 171 UFC careers. The first comparison group, 57 fighters who weren't other major organizations' champions but did compete for UFC titles, and the other, 57 fighters who have competed in the UFC Top 15 rankings but have not fought for titles. I made sure that each weight class was represented in the same amount in all three groups, and random number generation was used to decide which fighters would fill in those two comparison groups, so long as they met the proper criteria to be included. Just to make sure we're all on the same page before we start running through these numbers, there are three groups that we'll be looking at today. The Outsider Champions, the subject of our piece, a random group of UFC champions slash challengers of the same size who never held titles in those major outside organizations, and a random group of UFC Top 15 talents who have not competed for UFC titles, nor did they win championships in other major promotions. All three groups consist of 57 fighters apiece. So what did I find out about champions from other major promotions coming into the UFC after breaking down the data on over 4,660 fights? Let's start with the juiciest stuff, what we all want to know. How many UFC title victories have these outsider champions had? Of the 57 fighters from those organizations that made the move over to the Ultimate Fighting Championship, only 12 of them would ever become UFC champion. Looked at another way, only 20% of all champions who have come from other major promotions succeeded at the highest level after they made the move to the UFC. 22 of them competed for UFC titles in total, so 10 came up short, meaning if you were a champion from one of those major promotions, there was a 39% chance that you ended up in a UFC title fight at some point. Now, I don't need to even run any numbers to tell you that of the hundreds of fighters who enter the UFC regularly, the rate at which they compete for UFC titles is nowhere near 39%, which would indicate that, yeah, these promotions are elite, and if you're a top talent there, you have a better chance than the field at reaching a UFC title fight. In fact, the most striking statistic, no pun intended, that I discovered was the difference between these outsider champions and everyone else as it pertains to when they receive their title shots. Of those in the group who did compete for a title, on average, it took them 
only 2.8 fights to reach that UFC championship bout. When you compare that to the other fighter group I looked at of random UFC champions slash challengers, it has taken them on average 6.7 fights more than double to reach a title bout in the UFC, which to me means these championships outside the UFC hold weight with the fans and the promotion. These fighters coming in have reputations, and it's fast tracking them towards title fights compared to the rest of the field. There's a flip side to that coin, though. Yes, these fighters are getting these title shots much faster than others, but they're also having to compete a lot longer before entering the UFC. Other major promotions champions had a total of 1,255 fights before being signed by the UFC. Compare that to the other group of random champions slash challengers who only fought 744 times before being signed, and the 583 fights it took for the top 15 group who have never competed for titles to enter the promotion. So while they are fast-tracked for title runs, perhaps it's because the UFC wants to get some value out of what's left of their investment, considering they're coming into the promotion having fought nearly twice as much as everyone else. That's a lot more fight miles, and presumably many of these champions are being paid a bit more than the average due to their reputation coming into the UFC. So it makes sense to me that there would be some concern by the promotion. If I'm paying top dollar for something, I want it to start producing for me as quickly as possible. There's another interesting stat I uncovered, though, that might also explain why these outside champions end up competing for UFC gold so quickly, and that's the fact that they're debuting against far tougher competition. How do I know that? Because they lose their debut bouts more often than what should be expected, based on the numbers from the other two groups for which we ran the numbers. The outsider champions lost 62% of their debut bouts in the promotion, so 35 of the 57 came up short right out of the gate. When you compare that to the top 15 talents who haven't competed for UFC gold, they won 72% of the time in their first bout with the promotion, and the random group of champions slash challengers, they won their debut 81% of the time, a 19% increase. Which would make sense. They're not coming into the promotion with a high profile, and so they would be fighting talents lower on a card, not yet proven just like them, versus these outsider champions who are more often thrust into high-profile bouts. Hell, six of them competed for UFC titles immediately. The upside of a higher-level opponent is if you win, you move up the ranks faster, which is possibly why we see the trend of these outsider champions competing for UFC gold much quicker than the average. How are they faring in the title fights, though, overall compared to the rest? They're falling just a bit short of expectations based on the numbers we ran on the other fighters. The outsider group has competed in a total of 70 UFC title fights with a victory rate of 47%. The random group of champions slash challengers win their title opportunities at a rate of 57%. Now look, I'm not a mathematician, so I can't really tell you if that 10% difference is massively important or not, but I can say that it's 10% different, and you're free to make of it what you will. There's another stat, though, that I found to be a bit more uneven as it relates to our outsider champions, and that is their overall win rate in the UFC. These outsider champs saw a huge drop in win percentage in their UFC careers, especially compared to the other groups. Despite having an 84% win rate in the major promotions they competed for before entering the UFC, and by the way, that's just about the rate for anyone who gets signed by the promotion, those outsider champions, even with the ones who would eventually find UFC gold included, have a win percentage of only 51% lifetime in the UFC. Compare that to the random champs slash challengers group who win 69% of the time. Nice. 
and the top 15 fighters who win 71% of their bouts. The only possible explanation I can come up with for why their rate of victory is so much lower than the other two groups is what we talked about before. The fact that they have way more fights before entering the UFC and that they're competing against higher level competition the entire time they're there. If the majority of these outsider champions are coming into the promotion on the tail end of a long career and they're only given high profile fights because of their names, it makes sense that there might begin to be a drop off in ability and losses might start to accumulate. Anecdotally, Vanderlei Silva comes to mind. He had one of the most epic runs in the history of the sport while in Pride FC, and then goes on to lose seven of his next 11 fights once he hits the UFC. A stat that would most definitely support this idea of fading talent is the fact that those 57 outsider champions had a total of 518 UFC fights in their careers. Compare that to the random champions slash challengers group that had 930 bouts, nearly double. Even the group of top 15 fighters who never got title fights, they have more bouts by over 100 with 631. These outsider champions are not spending anywhere near as much time in the UFC as the rest of the field. And one explanation could be that we're getting them on the tail end of a long career. But is that really the case? Because it doesn't feel like it, right? For every big nog, there's gotta be a Benson Henderson. Not as many as you would think. Even with the 29 champions who came into the promotion as current belt holders in their outside organizations, the biggest outliers are Ronda Rousey, Jose Aldo, and Dominic Cruz, three champions who were absorbed into the UFC after their promotions were purchased and disbanded. Those three fighters alone account for 37% of all title fights by the outsider group. Three fighters account for over a third of the title fights in a group of 57. There are certainly incredible success stories from these outsider champions coming in, but it really comes down to how exactly is success measured. Eddie Alvarez wins a world title against RDA, but gets it taken from him by Conor McGregor in his next bout. Three fights later, he's in one and loses his debut. I would argue that winning a world title is a pretty significant feat that Alvarez had a successful UFC career, but others would look at that and scoff. This group of outsider champions is full of stories like Eddie's, Luke Rockhold, and Misha Tate come to mind. If title victories are the measure of success for this group, then they have failed miserably because 45 of them have never held a UFC title, period. That's 79% of the outsider champions overall. But as we pointed out, it's not for a lack of opportunity as they're thrust into the title picture rather quickly compared to the rest of the field and have a far greater chance of being in a title fight than any new talent coming into the promotion could ever hope for. We came into this piece with a simple question. How successful are other promotions champions in the UFC. And through the numbers, a picture of the outsider champion emerges. Their UFC career is generally a short and violent time in the spotlight. They're thrown to the Lions immediately in high-profile bouts. It is sink or swim almost right out of the gate against the highest level of competition in the UFC. And as we've discovered, more of these outsider champions fail to win their first bout than their peers. And most of them will never see a UFC title. If they succeed early, they're rewarded early with opportunities at gold. Their reputations and the fact that they're competing against the best immediately fast-tracking them into the title picture. Once they get there, they've been slightly less successful than what is to be expected, with the exception, of course, of a few truly incredible standouts. Most will lose just about as much as they win, far more than their contemporaries. And most will be gone far quicker than the average elite UFC talent because they had a long journey to get there in the first place. Ultimately, though, the only stat that matters in all of mixed martial arts is did you get the gold? Are you the best? even for a brief time. 
For the Outsider Champion, despite having seemingly far greater opportunity to reach that summit, the vast majority will come up short, some in their only title opportunities, others never even getting the chance. Whether the likes of Michael Chandler or Manel Cape will be the next Jose Aldo and not the next Will Brooks is yet to be determined. Anecdotally, it's impossible to know what will be their fate, but historically speaking, any of these top-tier talents from other major promotions coming in will have a considerable statistical hump to get over if they don't want to be one of these seven 79% of outsider champions who never touch UFC gold. Huge shout out to Max Randall for editing this video together. Follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.